Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from emosocialclub.tv. This one was, so I can say it. I'm Brian. And I'm Lizzie. I know we've done a lot of uh, non-live streamed podcasts recently, but we are also doing a bunch of streamed Streamed podcasts. We have more coming soon. Uh, Thank you for dealing with us. Uh, This is the Emo Social Club podcast, a podcast about music and uh, music news. Songwriting cool bands, songwriting, uh, the easy core revival without uh, breakdowns, no breakdowns, no breakdowns in this. Podcast. <laughs> uh, our guest on this episode is Ricky of Settle Your Scores. Uh, we talk a lot about the new record that if you're listening to this on Monday, it came out on Friday. So you're three days late and you should really yeah. think about yourself. Go check out Retrofit, which dropped on Friday. Go listen. A million streams, as we always say. Check out their uh, silly emo parody music video that also dropped. That also um, was directed by Alex Zarek, unofficial friend of the pod. Yeah. Sorry, Alex. We we can't get you on. We're, we're not at liberty to book you. <laughs> what? Brian said earlier. You'll hear about it uh, in the episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I was unaware of this, but I guess now it's the thing. Yeah. It's the get. So the moment you see Alex Zarek on there, be upset. <laughs> yeah, you'll uh, you'll... You'll know from the episode. Um, but before we get into our conversation with Ricky, uh, if you are a fan of Settle Your Scores, if you're a fan of the Emo Social Club podcast, uh, drop us a follow on your podcast app of choice. Drop us a review if that podcast app of choice is Apple. They allow you to review. Uh, you can let people know that we're cool. As we say, uh, three fire emojis or it's not real. Yep. Just literally just drop three fire emojis. Just three we'll fire know. emojis. Not one, not two, just three. If you do four, we know you're lying. We know you're a bot. And if it's one, then we know you want us to DM you for a collab. That, yeah. I think that joke is made in the pod. We so all I'm sorry know. for repeating jokes, but it's fine. Uh, yeah, please do that. Uh, as far as what we've got going on otherwise, we will be streaming this Saturday. Do I know what it is yet? No. I have not gotten that far, guys, but we're no. getting there. We are going to stream music on Saturday night. Uh, email socialclub.tv. Follow us on our social medias like Twitter, X, Emo Social Club X. And same TikTok. on TikTok. Uh, and Emo Social Club on Instagram, Facebook too, probably. Go ahead. Go there. There's uh, not going to be a lot there for you, but you can go there if you there want. Go. Uh, to our YouTube channel as well. All these podcasts are released as YouTube videos, but we did a special thing. We did it. Spicy Takes, episode one. It's here. It's, out. it's here. Go check it out. We interviewed a good buddy of mine, Bo Looters, from the band Harm's Way. Uh, we give a lot of music opinions and eat really spicy hot wings. And, and it's entertaining. <sighs> it's fun video. I had a lot of fun doing it, and I turned my kitchen into a video production studio for some reason so uh i'm living my dream out of my apartment and it's perfect also big shout out to our friend and new sponsor for spicy takes susair hot sauce for providing us with most of the hot sauce 
especially the bruised non beaten one, which is mm-hmm. our featured sauce of that episode. And, and unofficially, this episode. Yes. And so real tasty. Go to their site and scoop <laughs> it up before it sells Oop. out. Some of their scoop hot sauces the have already sold out. So yeah. they're don't, popular don't and they taste really it, good. Yeah. Uh, and if you'd like to support us as well, you can go to our website, emosocialclub.com slash store. I'm so happy uh, and pick for up you. some of the merch. Thank you. Uh, we are entering September soon. That is horrifying. So with the last festivals of the summer happening, Riot Fest is all that matters. There are probably a few more. You'll be outside a little bit longer while the weather's nice. Pick up some of the summer merch. Pretty cool. Sun's out. Stay inside. We'll probably uh, uh, still be relevant for a yes. while. <laughs> Remember, you can layer um, it too. You can put some long sleeve. Big sleeves. layer energy. Yeah. We know everyone likes to layer now. Come on. Yeah. We will have uh, some fall merch coming. So help us get that by buying the merch we have yes. now. Because that's how we get merch is we we sell it to you. And then we have used the money to buy more merch. It's just that's very basic um, business 101 basic math everybody we use we money and then you money with money to money more so that's that's the main math i can understand so yes <laughs> welcome, to, <laughs> welcome to emo social business club uh we oh, appreciate no. you uh all right well let's uh let's get this going here is our interview with ricky from settle your scores welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv, I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here this evening with our new friend Ricky and Settle Your Scores. Thank you so much for talking with us tonight and also getting amped up for your new LP that's out tomorrow. <laughs> yes, yes. Thanks for having me. Um, very excited. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm Ricky. I play in a rock group called Settle Your Scores. Uh, I play guitar and do some vocals and I do most of the songwriting. So if you have any questions about songwriting, now's your chance to ask. <laughs> How does one write a song? <laughs> you just make shit up, man. It's that simple. There we go. That's it, guys. That's actually uh, the secret behind songwriting That's for everybody. Good the secret is noises. <laughs> um, I have a funny story to start this off with that I didn't realize. So I am in a, a 90s slash early 2000s cover band uh, of of relatively okay quality. And um, we often are looking at, at like, oh, can we do like a punk goes pop type cover of like a pop song or like introduce like other stuff in there. And so uh, uh, there we were looking at our set list and somebody's like, yeah, let's do unwritten and then parentheses settle your scores. And I'm like, nice. That's literally who I'm talking to. <laughs> like, so uh, uh, I'm going to be learning your specific cover of uh, unwritten. Wow. Yeah. That's that's really special because we don't even know how to play it. <laughs> we've, uh, uh, I don't think we've ever played that one live. Really? So yeah, we we <clears throat> kind of messed around with it um, in the studio and recorded it released it and i mean we've played through it a few times at practice but never performed it so you guys will be debuting <laughs> that version of uh unwritten so that's pretty cool 
fantastic. Hope I can see a video or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh, like now I'm gonna have She's... to record it, right? Like, yeah, you got to. Or I'm just like, oh, you know, like we've looked up like uh, uh, Patent Pending is another band that we've taken covers from, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh yeah, like they'll never know we do this, and it's like, well, now I'm sitting, you know, across a video call from you. I feel like I have to <laughs> oh, mention it, like. um yeah but i i i'm interested in it what uh just so i know and i can tell my band what was your like reason for picking that song like what was it for like is there any any background to that or was it just for fun just because the song is awesome i mean it's a great Mm -hmm. song um we've done a few covers in the past and we always try to pick covers that we feel we can do a good like something cool with um it's never like uh, well I, I shouldn't say never that some of our covers have maybe been like like we did closer um years ago mm-hmm. and that was more of like what's a popular song that we can take and do something cool with mm-hmm. um but i think the best uh final product comes from when you just which song can i take something with and and make something really cool out of it. So, I mean, obviously that song is what, like 20 years old or something. It's not super relevant, oh, but yeah, <laughs> it was, Oh geez. <laughs> probably it, is. Oh, yeah. It was, like, it was chosen for purely artistic reasons. So that's, I, th- I think it's our best cover. Um, I really like it. And yeah, I just kind of had an idea for like, I've always loved that song and I was just listening to it and I was thinking like, this would sound really sweet with like uh just kind of like a drum and bass you know intro and then like a little slidey like story so far kind of riff mm-hmm. and that's kind of where it started we just sat down together uh i think it was me jeff and caleb just kind of knocked it out and it was super fun we just like as as it went on we just added more and more like we would reference the original song and realize how many vocals were in there. Like, mm-hmm. especially the pre-course is insane. There's like 50 layers of vocals. So we're like, well, that part's <laughs> oh super God. cool. We can't like take it out. So let's throw that in. So we ended up, you know, there was just like 20 layers of me and Christian uh, just singing, singing oohs and ahs, you know, but I, th- I think it's it turned out pretty cool. I'm really happy with it. Um, so yeah. People really uh, underestimate the power and how many people are involved in like big pop songs like that and they're like oh, yeah. ah it's just like a cheesy little pop song verse chorus verse chorus whatever like there's a lot that goes into it and yeah you know songwriting end we can bring this back to songwriting is like yeah there's <laughs> there's there's somebody who's really talented on the other end making that song to make it sound like there's yeah. nothing to it but there's so much like in it at, le- at least one person usually like you look at those pop songs there's like 40 ghost writers so mm-hmm. it's it's a huge collaboration you know a lot of a lot of really talented minds at work creating sometimes really generic shitty songs but <laughs> you know they make way more money than anything i've done so <laughs> who am i to judge <clears throat> true <laughs> it's like the ultimate like group work environment like if you do one of those you can always like brag to people like hey guess what i can work with so many mm-hmm. people Right. At the same time and produce an amazing song that everybody loves, true. which is any Natasha Benningfield. Yeah. The weirdest resume builder. Yeah. <laughs> like I can work well in groups to create a product that uh, earns money. 
on the radio charts. I throw it on my LinkedIn. Uh, well, you are here to talk about your music, so we'll we'll move from Natasha Benning. All right, we can talk about more Natasha Benningfield songs if you oh want to. I don't know any other Natasha Benningfield songs, so honestly, full of sunshine. Yeah, she's got some hits, and I don't think people appreciate her enough because I was kind of the same way. I was like unwritten, you know, kind of a one-hit wonder, and then we started like looking her up as we were working on the song and we just kept on like being like oh damn she did that song too hmm. so she she's got some bangers yeah. um yeah check and her just, out justice for natasha yeah not a <laughs> black widow reference some deep cuts <laughs> uh well let's talk about your music so the lp comes out tomorrow retrofit uh so everyone who's listening to this on twitch right now that we're recording it you gotta get it at midnight your time your local time yeah, you should have already had it but can't you know. believe it yeah <laughs> how it should have been pre-order pre i did see some people who pre-ordered the vinyl got it early so they've been spinning the vinyl Ooh. yeah um a lot of people already have it uh it seems like a, a, i don't want to say most but a lot of the people that pre-ordered uh vinyl or cd have already gotten it as early as like we had people messaging us on like i think monday or tuesday saying they got it which was cool it was weird it's like been more of a release week than a release day um <clears throat> so we've had that sort of stuff trickling in some nice messages saying just got the vinyl love it got got a few fire emojis so that's always good yeah there we good go yeah. <laughs> i think three is the number that you want four three is like emoji. gratuitous and mm. then if you only get two it's like what's wrong with it you know <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the new, <laughs> that's the new pitchfork rating system. It actually, yeah. it honestly should be. Three fire emojis. That's that's what you want. <laughs> they left four fire emojis. That's a bot. Delete the comment. Yeah. PM us for collab. No, no, I will not. <laughs> God, absolutely not. Uh, so so what should we expect from this LP? What are, what is you know anybody who hasn't gotten the vinyl already? Anybody who hasn't uh, who's waiting until midnight for that that sense of like. <laughs> pre-internet age out front of the best buy waiting for it what can they expect when they get it in their hands or in their ears uh 10 bangers honestly um <laughs> love it you want to expect uh a lot of nostalgia it's very uh early 2000s pop punk that was what we're going for um i think we got that across pretty well um <clears throat> what not to expect when expecting um breakdowns <laughs> just you know it's like that's that's been the main uh complaint of of the singles is um you know this is our first record where we are kind of pivoting away from what we did before which if you're not familiar it's like heavy pop punk easy core whatever you want to call it um you know four years strong type stuff pop punk with breakdowns um so if you go into this album expecting a bunch of breakdowns and looking for them, you're probably going to be disappointed. But if you go into it just wanting some good, fun, old school pop punk, I think you're going to love it. Dude, this is insane. This is I don't have Bunny, Bunny Hills at the Skewers yeah. like a black triple yeah. diamond. Hey Club, we just dropped our first episode of our new YouTube series, Spicy Takes, featuring our friend Bo Looters of Harm's Way. We're excited to say that for this series, Chicago-based Sue Sarah Hot Sauce is our sponsor. 
In this episode, we feature their bourbon habanero brews, not beaten hot sauce. Scoop this sauce before it sells out on their site, SoothsayerHotSauce.com, and pick up some other ones too to get fully lost in the sauce. Our next guests will include friends like Rematch, OK Cool, Action Adventure, and more to be announced. So make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube too, at YouTube.com slash Emo Social Club. Thanks again to our friends at Soothsayer Hot Sauce. What was kind of like the point where you guys wanted to kind of pivot away from the breakdowns? Because I know a lot of bands in the last like year and a half have kind of gotten away from it or they're using minimal breakdowns. And that's usually like a cause for concern for certain fans, <laughs> even though it's still good music. But people are like, there where's is my breakdowns? concern <laughs> among the populations of the lack of breakdowns in the new yeah. record. <laughs> See, I don't know. I've, I've kind of noticed that and the opposite as at the same time, like. Mm. I see a lot of heavier bands kind of getting softer and kind of removing some of the breakdowns. Um, and then I also see a lot of pop punk bands kind of adding that stuff back in, which is interesting. Mm. And it's kind of funny that we chose to stop doing that. And then there's also this movement of people starting to do that <laughs> kind of at, at a different time. Um, but it was really, it was just, we wanted to do something else. We wanted to, spread our wings and i'm not i'm not here to say that we will never do breakdowns again or anything like that I, you know i'm not <clears throat> it's it's not that we don't ever want to play that kind of music again but i i've just never wanted to be a band that releases the same album over and over um because the bands that do that you know it's never like their seventh album that everyone loves it's always like the first couple and then it just kind of gets more and more stale so <clears throat> Yeah, we really just wanted to do something different and i've always loved that old school pop punk i grew up on that stuff you know blink newfound glory all that shit. um so this album is really like an homage to that um we weren't out trying to reinvent pop punk by any means we just wanted it's it, i, I kind of feel like uh, i'm not alone in like missing a lot of that older sound and i think there's a lot of great pop punk out now but I think that for a lot of us, that was like the peak of the genre was the early 2000s. And so, yeah, I think that there's kind of a lack of that fun, like carefree, but still, you know, sometimes some heavy lyrics in there. Uh, and so we that's kind of what our band has always been is trying to do something that we feel like isn't being done enough at the time. Um, like when we started the band, I was under the impression that there was only like two like easy core bands out there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, just four years strong and chunk. They're like the only guys doing this. So like, we're going to be number three. And then we like recorded a bunch of songs, got on the internet and like, oh, there's actually like a thousand other people also. You're like, oh no, we're not. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't even we realize didn't come in there first. was this like small uh, underground community of all these super talented people we didn't we didn't know about that until after we had already started doing it <clears throat> um yeah just i don't know i feel like the world could use some some old school right now mm -hmm. and it, it seems like some other people are kind of having the same idea um like all these rappers turned pop punk <laughs> artists with uh, yes. travis barker i don't know yep. it's kind of funny and then there will be like comments saying like man, you guys are just hopping on the bandwagon. It's like, I wrote these songs three years ago, like before <laughs> I knew about any yeah. of this shit. I don't know, it's yeah. just kind of funny. 
that people think that we just came, like came up with this album like two weeks ago just to like <laughs> kind of just like out of thin MGK's air. coattails or something it's like no we've been cooking it for a while it just took just took a while to get done but <clears throat> so yeah. i don't remember what the question was but yeah. <laughs> that's a great no, answer okay. to it it's a good answer yeah. well we saw that like the last time you guys did release an lp was in 2018 so yeah. have you guys been working since like 2018 2019 and then COVID, or was it kind of <clears throat> like during a quarantine type of album development um pretty much w- every album we've done has always taken way longer than anticipated. Um, and so because of that, uh, every album, by the time the album is out, we're already working on the next album. So like, uh, the wilderness, our first record was recorded in May of 2015 came out in January of 2016, like eight months after it was already done. Um, and then by the time that record came out, I was already writing some songs for Better Luck Tomorrow. That one came out in 2018. And then by the time that one came out, I was already, I think I had like maybe three or four of the songs from Retrofit done before Better Luck Tomorrow was out. Um, so the vast majority of the album was written before anyone knew about COVID. Um, I think maybe like one or two songs. The, the the last song written for the record was the way things used to be, and that was maybe the only one that was written uh, during during the pandemic. Some other songs we were like, we were like working on them and finishing them up during the pandemic. But yeah, this isn't a not a quarantine album, but uh, just a it's always there's always something that that comes up and yeah a lot of times for us it's the the album art um we just have really bad luck with like <laughs> flaky artists who push the push the deadline back farther and farther like i don't know and part of that's on us we like finish the album and then we're like all right now let's do artwork we should be you know like next album we need to do the artwork now before we even write a song because for some reason it always takes us like months and months um so that was part of the reason um the, the pandemic definitely was another factor um that pushed back a lot of our plans and also like we started working with mutant league so that kind of was another element that you know <clears throat> that's an extra step that kind of pushes things back so it's i don't know it's kind of funny because uh the same thing happened with our last album, Better Look Tomorrow. Not a little later than we thought it was going to. So we're like, all right, this time we're going to start working right away. So like we were, we thought we were ready to record like, I don't know, like later that year, I think, or maybe 2019. Um, we were like ready to go, but like a, a bunch of stuff happened. And I don't know, it's just, it's just, we thought that this, we thought that we were going to be like ahead of the game and like get an album out, like under the two year mark, like a year and a half later. And then it turned into over three years. So, you know, it didn't really go according to plan, but I think that the, the music and the album is better because of it. I think that if we would have recorded it when we, when we wanted to, when we thought we were going to, 
it would have not been as good. So can't complain. And it was, was noticing that, that like, uh, back in the day, it felt like, you know, you do an album every couple of years, maybe like AFI, one of my favorite bands. I'm like, they did an album every four years. And then all of a sudden you're doing a tour, you're doing like probably multiple tours, probably multiple things, taking some time off, doing other projects or whatever. And you're like, yeah, we'll go back to the studio. We'll make another one and then we'll throw it out there. Um, so like now it feels like a lot of bands are moving more into that like EP space where they're like, I'll put out, you know, just a few songs rather than that. Um, yeah. But if you're putting out three albums and it's like every couple of years, it's like, yeah, it's more like that early 2000s type thing, like we were saying too. Um, but like, I think that you, I think that when you do it like that, you you have albums that sort of reflect a lot of time and like you take a lot of time that you grew and you wrote new things and you had new influences, new ideas came to the table, maybe new people came up and it's like, oh, we got these new people and we have all these new experiences. Let's write that music and put out all of that rather than like an EP, which I feel is more like you're following the process of an artist. Like, oh, I'm going to do this whole album and then I'm going to release a bunch of songs. You're seeing them like through the ages. Um, and I think there's I think there's benefits to both. I think that that uh, that sense of like, oh, their new album is coming out. There's a whole album. There's a bunch of new songs. We haven't heard anything from them new in a long time like that. That's still a really good feeling. Yeah, I agree completely. I think uh, we we kind of went back and forth on if we wanted to do an album or an EP or just a bunch of singles. Um, and like our last album, Better Look Tomorrow, was supposed to be an EP. Because, um, you know, like an album is a really big project to take on so mm -hmm. it's it's tough making an album and uh so we were like let's just do an ep it's going to be easier on us we can get it out sooner and then uh we started working with sharp tone and they wanted us to do an album so the album or the ep turned into a full length and then this time around it was really just we kept on writing songs that we really liked and it's like this should be an album they all were kind of the same style like they really captured that early 2000s vibe and they just felt good together mm -hmm. so but i agree I, I feel like an album kind of feels more like an era of the band it kind of defines like a chapter you know in the band's the band's journey um, yeah whereas like an ep or a single i i think there's benefits to both like you said um and the industry is definitely gravitating more towards short releases more frequently. So if you're trying to get your name out there and you know, you're trying to stay relevant the thing to do is probably a single every few months or whatever. But, uh, I don't know. I've always, I'm kind of old school like that. I like albums. Um, I like having like a big chunk of songs that you can sink your teeth into. And I feel like it's, like doing the small releases is kind of a double-edged sword because you get that instant gratification of like, yeah, we're still relevant. People are still talking about us, but if you only put out a single or a couple songs, you know, they might move on to the next person's single or a couple songs a lot sooner than an album. Um, so that's the, you know, I, th I think if you, if you talk to marketing experts in the industry, they're going to advise you to, do a bunch of singles, but I think 
an element that they're overlooking is that albums kind of like last in people's minds. Like we still have tons of people, you know, they'll send us messages talking about how much they love the wilderness that dropped five years ago. That's really cool. I don't think we would get as much of that if we had dropped a four song EP six years ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think albums kind of stand the test of time a little better than those short releases. Um, But at the end of the day, it's really just, us kind of being stuck in the the way things were like <laughs> i don't know i just i just love albums and like putting putting a big product together for people to enjoy it's really satisfying i think it ends up being like a little different depending on the level of artist right like right. i remember hearing billy eilish songs and billy like like a few billy eilish songs would come out at a time and then she put out a record and I'm like, well, these are most of this, those songs, uh, just the songs. And now they're on a record with a bunch more interludes right. and small little bits. And now she's put out another record, which I still haven't listened to. Please don't yell at me. But, uh, I know I really need to listen to it. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, but like that is an artist who, who started doing it to sort of get her name out there. And then once her name is out there, she's like, cool, I'm going to create a record now. Um, whereas like a band like bring me the horizon did an EP last year. I think they're doing another EP. It's kind of up in the air. I haven't been on their, uh, I haven't been on their YouTube to find out recently, but, uh, they're them doing an EP and Ollie's kind of said like, yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that there will be a full record of bring me the horizon stuff. I think there will be more singles, more music videos, more smaller things, smaller collections, put those out. But then I think, well, am I going to say, oh, I can't wait to go and check out uh, Bring Me the Horizons, uh, you know, survival horror EP because they just released that. It's like, no, I'm probably going to go and be like, I hope they play songs from There is a Hell. And everyone's going to be like, why? And I'm going to be like, because I like that record. And then they're going to be like, well, what about Sun Paternal? And be like, I like that one, too. I'm a big fan. <laughs> but yeah, it, I agree with what you're saying. It's like the thing that people are going to always remember will be the album and like mm-hmm. the marketing side of it versus like getting those like hardcore fans that hold on to you forever. That's like the the main difference. It seems there. Yeah. And you mentioned bring me there, like one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought it was kind of funny cause I, I saw the same thing where they said, you know, we're going to move away from albums and start doing smaller releases. And then they released a nine song EP, which mm-hmm. Dude, that's an album. You just put out an album. album. You're just missing one song. That's you know, that's still that's basically a full length record. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny that they they said that and then immediately, you know, did what they said they weren't going to do. But I I love that EP album, whatever it is. Um, I thought it was awesome, and I think they kind of, uh, I think the the thing to do really seems to be like release a string of singles, then put them on the album, and it. It does kind of take away from like, you know, you've already heard like when that when that album EP whatever it is dropped, you know, we already heard like over half of it. Yeah. So it's it's less to look forward to, but it's still they're still kind of getting the best of both worlds because, you know, it's you're getting all the buzz from the individual singles and videos, but then you're still getting like a something with a little more substance that you can listen to. Like I still throw that on all the time. Um, so, and that's kind of what we wanted to do with 
with uh, retrofit is like release a stream of singles and then do the album um it was a little it, it happened a little quicker than we originally planned but it was you know with all the delays and stuff like the original plan was to just drop a single no, no like album coming soon just like you know enjoy the song and then maybe do the same thing three months later or whatever and kind of start doing that until we are ready to announce the full album um <clears throat> but it kind of turned into just like a more of a traditional like bunch of singles in a row and then the album uh and that was really just how it worked out with the timing of everything um but no i i mean at the end of the day i think it's it's about the quality of the music rather than you know the frequency of the releases or at, at least i think that's what it should be that's not necessarily what it is but you know, <laughs> yeah we don't, we don't live in a perfect industry by any means spotify feels different youtube feels different yeah. but artists <laughs> feel that way i agree with you yeah. there yeah so i don't know i think i'll always love albums and eps but uh i don't know i it also doing singles is i think a lot easier on the artist because you don't have to like it's tough trying to make a cohesive album and make sure everything is kind of produced the same way so it doesn't sound really weird when you're jumping from song to song and it sounds like they were recorded years apart on you know completely different studios things like that so it's a lot easier to just focus on one song make that one great drop it so i definitely that, that does sound kind of appealing and you know <laughs> we might we might start doing stuff like that who knows um but retrofit needed to be a full-length album just because musically that's you know we were writing all this great stuff that worked really well together i think it would have been a disservice to break it up and like when we when we first started um talking with mutant league they were kind of um pushing us to do like a short ep um we had we we recorded the album in like different chunks so that we did 1999 meant for misery and staring at the ceiling first we recorded those three uh and then we were kind of sending them out to people seeing what they thought um so mutant league was like we love these let's let's drop a three song ep let's do it and you know we were like tempted like we kind of we see the appeal of that but we really feel like this needs to be a full length because we got you know like we got these three great songs we're glad that you love that you like them but we also have like nine other really great songs that are you know that need to be with them and um so we still have more songs uh that didn't we wanted to keep it short because uh i, I like albums that are short and sweet that don't overstay their welcome um so we we made the decision to keep it at 10 songs so some there's some songs that didn't make the cut and not even because they weren't as good just because we chose the 10 that we felt like fit the best together as a record so um for people that really like the record it's something to look forward to because there's still more <laughs> stuff to come that's uh of similar style and quality um i'm really excited to put that stuff out too i think too like you have all these kind of like extra things so if you say like hey guys this is it. It brings more people to the table and maybe can convince some people who are like, but I want my easy core breakdowns back. And then it's like, no, 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 we still have this. Just yeah. listen to more of this new stuff here for yeah. you. Yeah. 
I did want to bring up. So yeah. your some of your music videos were shot by our unofficial friend <laughs> of the pod that we have never, I have never yeah. met or talked to, Alex Zarek. So how yeah. was it? We were talking a little bit about this before <laughs> before we started recording, but yeah, we we literally are like we, we were saying, Lizzie, that like we should talk to him on our final episode. Like that's the first time we should ever speak to him, and then we just never do another episode again. So we'll never talk to Alex. Yeah, the grand finale. I hope he listens. <laughs> um yeah alex is awesome great guy uh he did uh our video that's coming out tomorrow broken heart scenario that's a fun one and then he did the met for misery video and then he's also helped us out with some of the like streaming videos and stuff like that so uh we've been working closely with him he's he's like a part of mutant league so that's kind of how we we got hooked up with him and uh he really he really impressed us he really like exceeded our expectations so we were super happy with what he gave us and uh it was a lot of fun working with him we had a we had a little a little bit of beef though Mm. because he we're from cincinnati Mm. he's from chicago so he he comes into town and you know we start start working on the stuff start shooting and then he's like you know he it was him and uh brian was the other guy two-man crew and they're they were hungry. So they asked if we had any suggestions. Um, so it's Cincinnati, you know, you got to try the skyline chili. That's like our, our Fair. classic signature dish. So we're like, yeah, man, have you had skyline before? They're like, no, we're like go try it. It's, it's, it's good. You'll, you'll like it. And, uh, they came back and they were pissed. They hated it so much. Wow. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. They were. So the whole, the whole like <laughs> next we did a two day it was a two day uh shoot the whole the whole weekend they were just talking shit about skyline like, oh my time. god uh, just every other sentence out of their mouth was about how much skyline sucks <laughs> uh, and so you know we had to fight fire with fire so <laughs> we would just constantly talk about how great it was and you know suggest it for like every meal and just so that's like our our dynamic now we have like a group chat that we're using to you know discuss the shoots and that's just turned into us sending like skyline memes and just shit like that so you should like try to screenshot some of them and like tag skyline chili and be like can you send us some skyline yeah. yeah like <laughs> what goes chili. into skyline chili <laughs> i've never had it either so it's, uh, yeah i don't know it's a it's a very highly guarded secret but i think there's like mm some some cinnamon maybe some chocolate it's it's definitely different from like most people think of chili they think of big old pot with like some beans and mm-hmm. tomatoes stuff like that but this is it's like a <laughs> it's like a meat sauce and so you put it on spaghetti um mm. put a hot dog stuff like that yeah um, it's pretty big like dog. oh my god yeah <laughs> it's really a thing was it sonic the hedgehog ate chili dogs in the cartoon anyway sorry uh, <laughs> don't need so to. It, it it's a very <laughs> it's a very love or hate thing like a lot of most people in cincinnati love it it's like one of their favorite foods and then most people not from cincinnati seem to either think it's disgusting or love <laughs> it like my girlfriend's from new jersey originally and she moved to ohio and uh, i introduced her to skyline and it's like her favorite food she's obsessed with it she's like dragging me to mm. skyline every couple of days um so it's <laughs> I don't know. Like some people love it, some people hate it, but that was the biggest uh 
take away from working with Alex. <laughs> Those guys do not fuck with Skyline. <clears throat> Video's fine. Guy fucked with our food though, so will yeah. not, can you believe him? Would not recommend. But also, like, you're in like a different city, and if that's like their delicacy, like, I feel like you have to try it just to know, just so you can say you did yeah. it. Like, if you come to Chicago, you have to be like, I tried a Chicago hot dog, or you're like. Oh, I got deep dish. And I don't care if you hate it or like it. I don't care, but you tried it. And that's what right. matters. Yeah, we were just, I mean, and we didn't, we didn't oversell it. We weren't like, this is the best thing ever. It's going to change your life. We were just like, you're in Cincinnati. You might as well try like, you know, what we're known for. Cause like you can get McDonald's or whatever, like anywhere, but you know, you're here. You might as well try Skyline. And they just, <laughs> like, there was a burning rage inside of them towards Skyline. Um, so I don't know. I'm thinking about like sending him a care package of just like yes. Skyline chili Absolutely. and like, and stuff. Or Absolutely. maybe like if we do another video with them, we'll pay them in Skyline <laughs> gift cards. Um, oh my god! God, catering like just yeah. have it all on set and just be yes. like, oh hey, we got catering for every meal. Mm -hmm. Oh god. <laughs> You should make a TikTok video, like, if you guys have one or your first TikTok video you do make, and it's just you making various Skyline chili foods, and then you send it only to Alex. You're yeah. like, hey, do you like my production quality? Can you give me some feedback? And right. then he just has to watch. <laughs> Tag. I don't know. I hope that, like, some circumstances lead to him. Like, his only option as a career is to, like, make Skyline commercials. Mm -hmm. and he's just forced <laughs> to film, like, skyline cheese being poured on the chili all day that's oh my god that's what Man, i stopped working him. with me now i just shoot <laughs> videos for restaurants that i hate i went public with my public distaste yeah of this one chili and that was it it was game over canceled canceled, canceled. <laughs> out of here You'll never work in this town again <clears throat> but uh no it was it was it was really fun great time uh both Alex and Brian are super cool guys, aside from the uh, blatant disrespect of our culture. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was cool. And I feel like uh, that's one of those things where uh, we, we were talking about singles and all that. It's like the music video side of it. And like, we'll like, we, we do a DJ set and we play music videos and it's like, oh, let's play an album. And it has like three music videos from it. And it's like, maybe we need more music videos, <laughs> like for the, for more songs. Like, uh, uh, we were talking about this the other day, Panic at the Disco is like, uh, Fever Can't Sweat Out. It's like, there's three music videos from that, that, and the band is only in one of them or two of them. Sorry, there are four. Uh, there are four music videos from that. We'll just take this again. I want to prove myself to be a smart emo boy. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> there are four I'm music videos for it. it. No. Take it out. Uh, there's only two uh, videos that actually have the band in it, but I think now, like when people are releasing singles, they're putting out more music videos and they're making more videos overall because they're like, this is important now, as it never has been <laughs> more important now for YouTube and all that. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm wondering if you feel the same way about like about the videos and the album and all that and like how that whole thing works together now and that even though you may only be putting out a few singles ahead of time it's you know the videos are important or or how do you feel about that yeah music videos are huge um and unfortunately it's like probably the element that we have struggled with the most um it's just we kind of we, we always just hit a wall when it comes to making the videos and a big part of that is like budgetary restrictions like 
technology has gotten to a point where like you can make a really really good sounding album for way less than you know 20 years ago or whatever but music videos are still pretty expensive um they've, they've gotten a lot more affordable but like if you want you know props effects extras all that stuff like that really adds up and <clears throat> i think that for a lot of smaller bands it's really hard to create a great video without you know getting really creative um that, that's like the challenge is you have to think of ways to uh use your limited resources in a way to make something really cool um <clears throat> so that's always been like the struggle for us is we have all these like when it's time to make a video we sit down and come up with all these crazy great ideas and then it's like all right we can't afford to do any of that shit <laughs> what can right. we figure out that we can like reasonably pull off you know um <clears throat> so that's that that was something that was awesome about working with alex is like he 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 gave us something a lot better than what we thought we could get with with our resources and our budget um <clears throat> he's he's good at making making a lot out of a little if that makes sense um mm. but yeah i think it, i think it's tough that's one of the harder things for smaller bands because it is important like you have to have that visual component um you know you want to have some stuff on youtube to so that audiences can like connect with not only what you sound like but what you look like um, i think that's a big part of image and it's just it's really hard because you know you can you can just hire somebody and go play in a warehouse that's cool but like <laughs> everyone else has already done that so are people gonna watch that like you know you just dropped three thousand dollars on that warehouse video and no one's gonna watch it more than once because it's not that interesting that's that's kind of the struggle it's like you want to you want to create something that is going to be interesting enough for people to watch it and share it and rewatch it and you got to do that with what you have and you know unless you got rich parents then i guess you can do whatever you want but. <laughs> are you a fan of the uh the catatonic youths uh instagram page uh not familiar with that so the whole premise it of it is that it's <laughs> like they don't really give much context they just pull clips from music videos whether it's like big budget or whether it's just like random people on youtube that like made a music video and they kind of just take out like all of the most like cringy parts a lot of it is like remember all these bands that made music videos during the scene days like 10 years ago and like clearly it's all in good fun it's just like yeah these are shitty music videos and like the people were doing the best with what they had and they were like influenced by whatever but like the video is is real cringy uh it is fantastic they have some of the greatest curated terrible songs on the internet and i have them stuck in my head <laughs> constantly i'm so sorry for you uh, and it's like people who like can't sing it's people who like can't scream it's people who like just like Their did, lyrics are questionable nowadays. lyrics are You're questionable like, You're like oh apparently that theory of a dead man one it got taken down because so many people reported it yeah and then they put it back up <laughs> there's some real bad ones on there it is it is legitimately one of the i think best like rock music meme pages on instagram like band memes and all that but like yeah it's it's so good because like thing of the warehouse videos is like there's a bunch of them on there it's like let's oh, find yeah. every warehouse music video and just post it and it, like there's there's something endearing about it because it is you know baby's first music video but also <laughs> like 
if you've already done like one music video you're like well we we can't do that now we've done one we have to do something new because we already right. did something and like oh god we don't have any other idea <laughs> <laughs> i gotta check that out that sounds funny it's so fucking funny it is the the many times that brian has said hey did you see the canton and Ukes? um instagram story i said no and i go look and i'm like yo what the fuck is this and then we get into like yeah. sometimes like kind of deep holes i'm like i can't find any oh information God. on this <laughs> there's like a set of like metro station on there from warp tour <laughs> and like uh trey cyrus like can't hear his guitar so he just flings it over his head and like chucks it away and then like yep. kind of is like screaming at the audience for shake it and like it doesn't sound that good so like it's just so sad and hilarious <laughs> yeah that dude he's like the most aggressive person in a boy band ever like, <laughs> all this rage just like in the wrong yeah. genre like he should be you know in like a metalcore band just yeah like barking at the audience but he's in the wrong genre i i saw a uh, part of their set at a warp tour and he was just like so much animosity coming from him like, <laughs> Like the audience was clearly there to see them to enjoy their music, but he was acting like confrontational. Like, if you're not here to, you know, oh, fuck no. with us and get the fuck out, like, <laughs> it's like, dude, come down. Oh down. my like, god, and he's like, I want, I want you to like fucking kill each other and just shake it right now. <laughs> yeah, is what I would anticipate him to co like come out of his mouth. I think, I think you know, having Billy Ray Cyrus as your father might have like made him be like, I yeah. can't do that metal thing, but I can find that in between that compromise. And it's like, yeah. no, please, no, please go over there, <laughs> please go over there, and and be yourself. Yeah, I want to see a fucking circle pit. This next song is called Kelsey. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he had another one. He he was in another group called like Ashland Avenue or something like that, which I don't know. That's pretty derivative <laughs> yeah um but it's real bad and they put the video on that profile too and it's fucking hysterical how bad it is <laughs> like man you had money behind this and you know sometimes like you just went with it yeah sometimes the money doesn't help you sometimes having that rich parent that like invests in your music video doesn't make it any better it just makes it it's true hard worse <laughs> yeah way way worse. hey listener guess what we got merch in our store emosocialclub.com slash merch you can check it out now we got some tank tops for the summer uh we got a new new metal logo a new new metal logo go 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 and it's uh it's kind of a 90s new metal vibe that also comes in a tank top and we got a tank top that says sun's out stay inside which you know you're emo you don't go out in the sun it's bright and it's hot emosocialclub.com slash store check them out get them all purchases go to help us just make more merch get more cool stuff you're helping us out we're helping you out going off your sleeves going off your arms if you don't want sleeves check it out emailsocialclub.com slash store so you've been teasing your music video is coming out tomorrow and it looks like uh, one of those like emo parodies because you got like the MCRTs and you have like the fake black hair. I hope maybe mm -hmm. it's fake. Otherwise, you all dyed your hair black. Um, I had That's a good my time. natural. I, I went blonde <laughs> for this podcast. For your art. That's really crazy. Just um. lined it up. Um, what what is what should we be expecting? Obviously, when this comes out on Monday, people are gonna already see it. Uh, but I'm interested to see because I saw somebody comment saying like, "Are um, Matt Cutchell? Is that you?" <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's just a ridiculous, uh, goofy video making fun of emo, like, you know, kind of making fun of ourselves. Uh, that song, Broken Heart Scenario, is basically I was I just wanted to write kind of uh, an old like mid two thousands emo song. Um, I mean, most of the record is like an early two thousands pop punk, but I, I feel like that that emo scene that came in a little later is, is kind of wrapped up, you know, it's, it's really the same, that alt scene, you know, for whatever reason, because the, honestly, the music is pretty different. Like, uh, my chemical romance and link are two very different bands, but for some reason they have like kind of a joint fan base, if that makes sense, mm. which, which I kind of get. Um, but I think it's cool. I think it's really, like the same kids that love that old pop punk also love that old emo stuff. Um, and so it just felt like, I don't know, I really wanted to <clears throat> to throw like an emo song in there and something we've never done before. Um, so it was a really fun song to write, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like, uh, like a Hawthorne Heights, Silverstein, Take It Back Sunday kind of kind of song. That was the energy uh, I was getting. I yeah. was like, what is going on here? <laughs> it's, it's a really cool song. Um, and then like immediately we were like we got to do like just a ridiculous over-the-top emo video for it um and so bought a bunch of wigs and uh like all the clothes i just uh <clears throat> i raided my girlfriend's closet she's like a former she's still an emo kid but she's, she's a former <laughs> slash current emo kid uh and she just has like all these old really small uh my chem shirts um so <laughs> Damn near all the clothes that you see in that video are from my girlfriend's <laughs> closet. Um, Love it. And it turned out great. It was very like, like we didn't really try anything on until like, you know, 20 minutes before we started shooting. And it, it was very like, uh, we're just kind of winging it and it, it turned out really well. Like uh, I had never done eyeliner before. So that was interesting. Like it was harder than I thought it was just going to be, you know, one and done but. so so you put it on yourself you didn't have anybody else try to put it on you uh we put it on ourselves and that was okay. a mistake yeah. um gotta yeah. learn gotta yeah it learn. was definitely a learning experience um some of the guys like pat pat was uh he was very like seen back in the back in the day he was you know kind of looked like andy beersack or something um so he had a little <laughs> bit more experience with the oh, eyeliner yeah. and stuff so so his his turned out pretty well but for me, that was the first time and, you know, should have practiced, but <laughs> hopefully on camera, you can't see how, how poorly I did it. It only makes it better, honestly. Right. Like, it, it makes it better. It's in the spirit of it. Yeah. Right. I, it, I grew up in that era. Like I was in high school when, you know, people first saw Pete Wentz and they were like, guys wearing eyeliner. That's my entire type. And I was, you know, yeah. in high school and single and I go, Hey, what's up? And I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> like, look at go. me oh, uh no. so i had to learn it just because that was what you did i was like i'm trying to get a girlfriend and i'm in high school it didn't work uh <laughs> yeah, you win some you lose some you win some you lose some but at least they're like hey where's eyeliner and i'm like yeah now i know how to do it if i ever need to do it again <laughs> yeah i i will have to ask brian because i don't know how to put makeup yeah. on in general but i get like really twitchy and i like think someone's gonna like poke my eye out so i'll like just start swatting at people i'm like no don't touch me <laughs> i'm like the worst to put makeup on also 
And so I can never wear eyeliner for that main reason, unless it's like a special occasion. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was pretty hard. Like I, you know, I got a lot of respect now for anyone that wears eye makeup. Like props, you know. A lot of women do this every day, and I can't do it once. So <laughs> I, it was very a humbling experience. I'm like, yeah, like shaking, poking my eye out. It was it was scary. <laughs> I like yeah. I like always like want to itch my eye too, and then I'm like go up there and I'm like oh can't do it can't do it can't touch it or it's gonna yeah. look shitty, not gonna like sometimes the smudge you know you're just like yeah raccoon eyes and like I'm raccoon real dark and yeah. you just like look in the mirror and you go oh god oh boy well now now it's back with like the wing like the big wing tip eyeliner but mm. now you add a chain to it so you put like makeup glue or some sh whatever you put on your face that's not gonna stick like elmer's glue then you put a chain around it and you outline it and then you have it like there like that's the new like e-boy e-girl trend wow you know i, I just feel so lazy about like my yeah. appearance i just like, yeah i'm out of bed i'm like this is this is all you get i'm I don't care what I look like, you know. That's fair. This is just like, imagine in the last year that you had to learn how to do makeup to not go outside. <laughs> right. Like, uh, I'm not going to learn a new eyeliner now. No one's going to see me. But then you're like, well, I'm on the internet, going to Zoom meetings. Maybe I got to. That was the nice thing about the masks is like, you know, from nose down, it didn't matter. Yeah. Like, you could stop shaving for six months and no one could tell. Mm -hmm. And then, you know no judgment as long as you looked somewhat presentable like your eyes and hair you were good to go and you could mutter anything under your breath it was pretty sweet <laughs> talk shit about everybody at the grocery yeah. store Motherfucker, come on move. you like, really need that many cucumbers <laughs> you're like hey why aren't you wearing your mask right you're just like mm, mm. talk to me about it talk to yeah. me about these cucumbers <laughs> How many coupons does this bitch have? Come on. <laughs> hey, what am I? An, an extreme couponers? What the fuck? <laughs> no, it, was, it was nice. He didn't have to fake laugh or smile at anyone for like a whole year. That was cool. I have this like thing where I don't know if it's like a anxiety thing or what, but like I have to like be very nice to anybody who works in service industry. So if I'm like picking up food at a restaurant, like I'm extra nice because I understand that like as working in the service industry, you're paid very little for doing a very customer facing job and you deserve all the money that I, we can give you. And I, you know, you deserve a minimum wage, a living wage. So if anybody in the listening, you know, I'm on your team, I'm on your side, got you. I got you. And I'm yeah. like, I gotta be as nice as possible. Like my girlfriend's always like, you are just like ridiculously nice to them. I'm like, yeah, because I would hate to do that. And I would hate for them to yeah. hate me. Like imagine if I'm just an asshole to them. So I usually am just like really like, yeah, thanks. Hey. And I'm like smiling really big. And now with the mask on, I'm like, I hope they know I'm smiling under here. <laughs> I hope they can see it in my yeah. eyes. Yeah. Well, if you're not either, you might be like the um, the dude who got <laughs> the got slapped with a dirty rag from a Starbucks employee. And I had a mutual friend I used to work at Starbucks with who are like, oh, I know who did that. And I said, you know what? <laughs> that's all That's all yeah. we all ever wanted to do. <laughs> Before COVID, even, like, yeah. that's all we ever wanted. Just deserved. You're like a you're like an anti Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Like a uh, an Iraq. <laughs> the official term. You heard it here first. There we go, guys. Now, I'm kind of the same way. Um, I think that that's that's something that I've noticed. Like, I don't mean to like generalize generations, but uh, 
I, you rarely see like younger people being rude to service industry workers, which I think is a really, a really good new like social norm that we're seeing. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's still going to be, you know, the asshole here and there, but I feel like being shitty to service industry workers is uh, becoming a lot more taboo, which is, which is cool. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, some older, older people have no problem like laying into <laughs> them and yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Like, even if like they're doing horribly at their job, I'm still just like super polite yep. and respectful. Cause you know, me, <laughs> me yelling at you, isn't going to do anything, anything for you know? anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's the point. clears throat> you can usually just ask, but I'm, this is definitely anxiety. I never ask. I never like, if something's wrong, I never say anything about it. Yeah. I was at a pot belly and like, I get oh, the no. sandwich and they put like, it's sort of like a, like a oil mixed with like basil or it's like a basil, like sauce sort of thing they put on it. The olive oil vinegar. No, no, no. It's like a, <laughs> it's more of like a sauce. So they're like putting the sauce on. It's in like a squirt bottle, you know? So they're like putting it on there and the lid falls off. And so my sandwich is now engulfed in this sauce. Oh, and you, I'm, you and, are truly lost in the sauce. Yeah. And you can see over, right? Like you see him making it and I'm just standing there and I, I like think I have my hands in my pockets and I'm just like, because <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I'm That's just going to let it happen. Yeah. So he starts like scraping all of the sauce off of it. Some of it goes back in the bottle, but not all of it. <laughs> and then like my sandwich is like clearly now sogged in this. Sogged. Yeah, I don't it's, like it's that a word at soggy all. sandwich. And it just wraps it up and hands it to me. And it's like, here you go, man. I'm like, Thank you. And I pay for it. And I never went back to that pop belly again. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything like that could have happened to me. And somebody would have yelled and been really angry. And I'm like, Nope, this is just, you know, this is the fate today. This is what happened to me. Yeah. My number you, got pulled. You get what you get. Yeah. You <laughs> get what you get. Get the wrong order at Starbucks. It's like, no, you asked for what you wanted, yeah. but that's what you, you get this they instead. They chose for you. Yeah. You're going to try something new. Maybe yeah. you like it better. If yeah. Not, there's some people who have been like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like when I usually get a really, when I go to Starbucks, because I don't usually like to go to Starbucks, I'll just get a Ristretto Affogato Americano. Um, But they don't always do it upside any down Ristretto. Or any of those words. And I, I could taste yeah. the difference. And I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I'm not going to complain about it because literally just espresso and water. But to me, it matters. I'm like, you know what? There's there's worse things out there. There are absolutely worse things. <laughs> My day is going to be way upset harder about. Than this. <laughs> um, well, before we uh, wrap up with plugs and all that, I do want to mention one more thing is that you were featured on Alternative Press. We'll bring it back to music now instead of customer service but also <laughs> you're featured in alternative press uh 10 next gen pop punk bands who will transport you back to the 2000s uh which is a uh, quite a title yeah but it's it's literally <laughs> like that early 2000s pop punk emo title <laughs> i fall out boy um oh so obviously God. like you know people are taking notice that you're going back to that era and you're 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 doing that thing so uh yeah i don't know that's pretty cool though that like we've been joking that alternative press is a little bit like my chem is coming back. We have all of our articles now. It's like, here are bands that yeah. sound like fallout boy. Here's here are bands that sound like old this band. Um, but yeah, how did that come about? And like, how does it feel? To, I mean, obviously it feels good to be compared to those bands. I'm sure it sucked. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was, that was awesome. And, um, but it was, it was funny. I'm pretty sure that that article came out like 
right before we put out uh, 1999. So I don't know. It was, it was just kind of funny for us that it was like perfectly timed. Like we get included as like, you know, bringing it back. It's like, oh, just you wait like two more <laughs> weeks. We're going to be perfect fit for this. Um, so it's cool that they kind of picked up on because we've always we've always had that that influence, um, but it's just like way more obvious now. Um, <clears throat> like, at least at least for me, like coming from a songwriting perspective, I've always drawn a lot of inspiration from those older bands, Blink Newfound Glory, and just kind of sprinkled in the, the heavier parts. Um, but I think a lot of people tend to to focus on the heaviness and you know we get compared a lot more to like for your strong chunk of data member stuff like that <clears throat> than we do uh the older bands at least until you know this new album mm. um so yeah it's it's cool that that people are kind of picking up on that that you know what, what we're doing now we've we've always been doing it it's just you know we're, we're taking away some of the other elements and you know really honing those those older influences so that, that's kind of a, with this album one of the main goals was to kind of like rein back the instrumentals a little bit and leave more room for the vocals to shine it was really we wanted to highlight the vocals the, the hooks the melodies in this album so you know you know we weren't just trying to to uh bum out the the people that like the heavy stuff that wasn't our <laughs> The, you know, we're not trying to hurt you. We just you know, <laughs> wanted to try some different stuff. <clears throat> Songwriting. So, yeah, it was sweet. Uh, cool article. We've we've been uh, shouted out a couple times by all press, and that's been sweet. Um, I don't haven't been keeping up on all press as much as I used to, uh, but it's always cool when they when they showcase some smaller bands. I think they I feel like they've been getting better about that recently uh than they have been in the past and also i think rock sound has has done some stuff with us so that was really cool too mm -hmm. um yeah it's exciting yeah those like those like online magazines that have been like getting a lot of criticism the last like handful of years are really starting to kind of like pick up on like what the kids actually want now yeah. and it's nice to kind of see that transition of it and you know there's more people now seeing these like newer and like more underground bands and artists rather than everybody just being like i only know like four bands <laughs> and that's my chemical romance right. ball yeah. boy panic in the disco paramore it's like oh no i'm aware of like settle your scores i'm aware of kenny hoopla i'm aware of all these other people now and it's like it's just refreshing mm -hmm. yeah i mean honestly like it is what it is you know at the end of the day these publications, you know, they're going to have more insight into what, you know, what sells than, than we do. So like, I can, I can sit here and complain about them, you know, putting 10 articles about water parks, new <laughs> haircut or something, but like, <laughs> you know, they obviously know that that's going to be what gets people to click on the article. So, you know, who am I to judge? Like they don't, they don't owe our band anything like it, you know, it's always cool when they, when they shout out smaller bands, but they're also, I understand that they're a business and they got to do what's best for them, you know? So 
people love to hear about Haley Williams, Brennan Urie. So, you know, can't, can't knock him for that. But yeah, I know there's been a lot of debate about like, we saw a tweet earlier about like MGK is playing on bigger stages than all of these other bands on a yeah. punk festival. And, and it's they like, were like, this is poser punk. Like yeah. all these headliners are poser punk. And I'm like, like what? But, they're not doing this out of nothing. Like it, it's not like in a vacuum or like, it's not a festival that says, yeah, our, our, our festival doesn't need to make money. So we're going to put a bunch of small bands on and like not sell as many tickets. Like it's, it's this weird argument where you're like, I want you to continue doing this festival, but I want you to continue doing it my way. And I also don't want you to ever sell out and make any money. <laughs> but I also want you to continue doing it. It's like, you really don't get it. It's like a, that Venn diagram. It's like, you don't get all three, you get two. Like, oh, pick yeah. two things and you can have that. I think that's pretty representative of like the industry as a whole is, you know, everyone just, uh, you know, they, you like a band, you want them to keep making music, but then when they, you know, try to do something to earn some money, we all, scream sell out and yeah. try to you know try to shame them for it and it's like well you know if they you know never make any money then they can't afford to make music for you so like it, you gotta you gotta do, do both honestly and mm. i think there's a balance like obviously you don't want to make every decision based off of what's going to make the most money like the bands that i respect are the ones that seem like they're making like the creative choices, like it's coming from an artistic place, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like, you know, sell that merch, do whatever you got to do to pay your bills. Like that's, at the end of the day, like if, if everybody's, I don't know, I kind of worry about the music industry because I'm seeing more and more, like there's all these bands that there's sort of a misconception where people think like, oh, this band, you know, brings 500 people to a show they're they're rich they live in a mansion it's like no that guy <laughs> probably works at starbucks in between yeah. tours like you know a lot of your favorite bands that you think are huge those guys probably have side jobs at least you know maybe maybe like full-time jobs and uh you know musicians aren't making the money that they used to um so i don't know i'm kind of worried that we're reaching a point where like aside from the biggest like you know radio stars uh everyone's going to be just trying to make music on their off days when they're doing a full-time job. And we're mm -hmm. going to see a lot less, you know, active musicians, <clears throat> but you know. here at the emo social club, we typically listen to the bops we grew up with yet. There's new music out there that you haven't even heard of. We're going down to hang out with some Georgia peaches, the Killikey house to rock out to their upcoming EP without wax that comes out on Friday, the 13th via 59 X records. Pulling inspo from Against Me and the Menzingers, the band creates an emotional atmosphere tethered to relatable lyrics. You can listen to their debut single from Without Wax, Bridge Too Far, now on all streaming platforms. Did you come to the edge to see 
If you're in the Atlanta area later in August, on the 21st, they have a house show benefiting Partner Against Domestic Violence. Ask a punk for more info and make sure to give the Killer Key House a follow and reach out to them on Twitter, FB, and Insta at the Killer Key House. That's at the K-I-L-L-A-K-E-E House. I want to make sure we have your plugs out there. Where can people find you? Where can people, uh, I mean... If you're listening to this now, if you're here on Twitch, you can you're save the listen. record. You can go pre-save yeah. it and listen to it when it comes out. If you're listening to this on Monday, you got to go to Spotify after we're done talking here. Then you can go listen on your app of choice. Uh, but where or can they find can... everything? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, album comes out tomorrow, uh, August 20th. Um, and, you know, it'll be available everywhere apple music spotify all that good stuff um if you want a physical copy of it or any of the merch to go along with it that's going to be at the mutant league records website it should be mutantleague.com or mutantleaguerecords.com google it man uh, <laughs> and then we got all the social media facebook instagram twitter um so Feel free to reach out to us on there. Let us know what you think. We love hearing people's thoughts um, whenever we put out new music. So it's going to be exciting, exciting day tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to seeing what everybody thinks about the new stuff, the new direction. Um, yeah. Well, perfect. Uh, we will end the recording there. We will continue to hang out over on Twitch with the people who are lovely and, and watching us right now. Uh, but if you're listening to this, you know, go, go listen to the record, uh, a million yeah. streams, a million views, uh, and a million comments, leave a million comments about what you think of the record. Let them know, settle your three scores. Three fire emojis. Three, three fire, fire emojis, emojis is the correct amount. Four is you're a bot. <laughs> two is that you hated it and you're an asshole. <laughs> Remember guys, this is the new pitchfork writing system. So we have to stick yeah. with the three fire emojis. Must abide. One Plus fire four. emoji. If you want a DM for a collab. <laughs> uh all right uh well thank you ricky for hanging out with us tonight settle your scores is the band go get it retrofit out now if you're listening to the recording please you need to feed <laughs> my dog please you gotta feed the dog do it for the dog if anything guys Thank you for checking out this episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. Again, if you liked it, please drop us a review. Follow us on your podcast app of choice. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave a comment. Leave a comment on Settle Your Scores' posts. Let us all know how you feel about uh, the new record. Let us know how you feel about the podcast. You know, let us know. Just three just three fire emojis. It. It's so just be, little. That is the new, it's the new Pitchfork rating system. It's how we know that we are better than the, the new Foxing album. Yes. That's about Are it. Are we? To contribute to the new discourse, maybe. Okay, interesting. We'll find out <laughs> more, more on that later. We'll, I guess we'll find out soon enough. Uh, somebody add us about it. Somebody add us. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for checking this out. We will be back uh, later this week with another episode. And from all of us here at the Emo Social Club podcast, I'm Brian. And I'm Lizzie. See you soon. Bye. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. <laughs> you bet. <bad. laughs>
too much power. Too much power. Head oh, your, so yeah, much. hang your head in shame. I love it so much. I was laughing at that. Oh, 